You are listening to Critical Mass, coast-to-coast radio show, a national business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Hello and welcome to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi, and Sandra Lebowitz, Managing Partner at Sustainable Design and Consulting, is our second guest here on the program. I'd like to thank Joe Carey of Renaissance Executive Forums for bringing Sandra to our attention. I'd also like to thank those of you that listen to our radio show as a podcast. Over the past 30 days, you've downloaded over 13,000 copies of the show, and for that, we're truly thankful. All right, Sandra, welcome to Critical Mass Coast to Coast Radio Show. Thanks very much, Rick. Happy to be here. Let's talk a little bit about you, and then we'll talk about your firm. So what is your professional background? How did you get to be the managing partner at Sustainable Design and Consulting? Right. Well, I started down what in my world is actually kind of a traditional path, which is to go to architecture school. And first I did an undergraduate, and that was followed by a graduate degree. But in between those two degrees, I sort of realized that I was an environmentalist at heart and was trying to make a connection between that and what I was studying. And I had kind of an aha moment of my own uh, back then as far as how buildings could help the environment. And so I basically decided that I was going to pursue an environmental career, but it was going to be one called green architecture. So I then proceeded on to graduate school, actually on your coast at the University of Oregon, and focused entirely on what you could call sustainable architecture, green architecture, et cetera. So that then translated into job opportunities that I got in the Washington, D.C. area, both with architecture firms and consulting firms, where I was the person focusing on green building research, green building standards, recommendations, and that sort of thing. And then I was able to start Sustainable Design Consulting in 2002. So you are a duck? Is that what I heard? You went to the I University am of a duck. I'm a very proud duck, and I actually have a duck working for me here in Richmond, Virginia, which is very unusual. <laughs> I, I was going to make a joke that going to Oregon to learn green engineering is the perfect place to go since Oregon mm-hmm. is so green. <laughs> right. Well, it's you know it's an environmental ethic to some extent within the profession. So then, in terms of myself. You know, I really um, have had a passion for green building education and green build and, and just ba- basically greening everything I could get my hands on. And, you know, the kinds of people that I've attracted to my firm over the years, it's now been close to 12 years, but the, those people are really differentiated by their passion, but also by their depth of practical experience. I have architects with 20-plus years experience. I have people working um, who have been doing design, including sustainable design, on the architecture side um, for many years, and they're also highly credentialed. And that, that combination, I think, really kind of sets us apart in terms of people knowing that they can trust the advice that we give. 
You know, I think that's really powerful, Sandra. We look for these teachable moments here on Critical Mass Coast to Coast Radio Show, and I think you just gave us one because if I understand what you said correctly is that your mission of being focused on green actually has attracted employees who share your passion for that for that's that purpose. absolutely correct. And, and there's an author by the name of Simon Sinek who wrote a book on Start With Your Why, which is to talk mm. about why you do it, not what you do, and how that attracts not only customers but also employees. And you're a living example of that. Oh, well, great. I'm happy to be one. Good. So let I know you focus on creating sustainable construction. Can, can you define it in kind of today's terms, what is green building design and construction? Sure. Well, think of it in terms of performance. Uh, any product needs to perform well, and a building, whether it be large or small or anywhere in between, needs to perform. So you're looking at a green building as one that performs well both for the environment as well as for its occupants, which are usually humans. We have a project uh, recently completed at the zoo where the uh, occupants are seals and sea lions, but usually we're talking about uh, supporting human health and activity. And so the areas in which we um, can see a, a building perform well for the environment includes reducing its impact on the site, whether it be an urban site or what we'd call a greenfield site or somewhere in between on a suburban site, um, reducing the impacts on site water as well as building water. Water is a very precious resource, and so we need to conserve it and maintain its quality. And a huge one is, of course, reducing energy consumption because buildings account for a large percentage of the energy used in this country and globally. Looking at materials that are um, acquired locally from local sources or at least within the region without having to be transported thousands of miles, if we can keep it to hundreds of miles or even within 100 miles, that's, that's a great regional or local product. And looking at all the various ways in which the building design and even construction can be healthier for the indoor environment. It can have better daylight quality, which has all kinds of positive impacts on human health. It can have good indoor air quality so that it reduces the use of toxic materials down to the minimum um, in the building finishes and other materials, and it uses the right amount of fresh air so that the air that we're breathing is, is constantly replenished. Those are some of the kind of fundamental ideas that you would see addressed in a green building. We're talking with Sandra Leibowitz. She is managing partner and founder of Sustainable Design Consulting, LLC, brought to us today by Joe Carey of Renaissance Executive Forums in Richmond, Virginia. Sandra, I wonder, is there a price tag, a premium, that a builder will pay to build a green building in the fashion for which you spoke? Yes and no. Uh, mostly no or or very little. There's a, a report or a study done in back in 2003 uh, and an update to it from 2009 that surveyed a lot of green buildings that had attained a certain certification that is the most widely used certification for green buildings called LEED, which stands for Leadership in Energy and Environmental Design. 
So studying those buildings, it was found both originally and uh, reaffirmed in the more recent study with a bigger data set that the cost premium is only in the 0 to 2% of the total cost, total project cost, including construction and design, et cetera. Uh, that's not a whole lot. And what you'll hear from people who maybe have misunderstandings about green building is that, oh, well, it costs 20% more or 50% more. And I often have conversations with people about those kind of conceptions and have to ask as a follow-up question, where did you hear that? Because none of my projects cost that much. So the first cost is indeed... Um, you know, what we're talking about here in terms of the investment, but what's really exciting is in the return, okay? And so green buildings save money in the long term in a variety of interesting ways. One of the most obvious ways would be reduced energy use. But let's not underestimate reduced water use because water costs are going up uh, and will be a, a bigger concern in the future. Um, reduced maintenance should be and usually is part of the equation for green buildings. But one that's even more exciting is the positive impact that green buildings have on human health and performance. And so you can look at performance in a variety of ways, and studies have been um, done over the years, particularly over the last 20 years, um, but really accelerating in the last couple of years about how do humans perform better in green buildings? And for example, in schools, green schools, uh, including those with really good daylight quality, have been found to improve student performance in terms of test scores. That's how you can measure that. In a retail environment, you can measure improved or increased human performance in the, in the form of sales. So those are dollar amounts that you can actually trace to the improved environment in a factory or a, an office environment. Productivity in terms of work output is another measurable um, result. And so all of those are really exciting uh, returns on the initial investment in some better systems, better design, better materials uh, for a green building. I have to tell you, I assume that you're out on the speaking circuit talking about this as well to pre professional associations. Are you? A little bit, because yeah. I'm sorry? Yes, a little bit. Okay, because I was going to say, if you're not, you need to be because you're very articulate and compelling in how you present the case. I had no idea it well, was such a you. small price premium uh, to, to build a building to lead specifications and as as green and kind of environmentally friendly as you've talked about we're gonna right. we're gonna take our next commercial break here on critical mass radio show our coast-to-coast -coast edition which is in partnership with renaissance executive forums we're talking with sandra Lebowitz. she's managing partner managing principal excuse me in, at sustainable design and consulting after this break we're going to come back and i want to talk if i could a little bit about how this is moving into home building i know you do uh, commercial industrial but I, i'd like to get your experience for our uh, CEOs of middle market companies about what you're seeing of, as far as green design moving into more residential areas as well. So stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back after these words from our commercial sponsors. There's something positive about the word up. When things are looking good, they're looking up. When someone's down, you cheer them up. So how do you move up? 
Well, when it comes to getting your bachelor's or master's degree, there's one university that stacks up, Brandman University. Brandman is ranked by U.S. News and World Report as one of the nation's top ten universities for online bachelor's programs. Brandman's online graduate programs in business and education also receive top honors. So look us up at brandman.edu. Brandman University. Move up. Smart Business Network is a business-to-business multimedia company providing insight, advice, and strategy for C-level executives of fast growth, middle market, and large companies. As one of the nation's largest publishers of local management journals, under the Smart Business name, Smart Business Network publishes 19 regional print editions, presents dozens of large and small-scale business conferences and award programs, and produces a vibrant interactive digital media presence. For more information, visit us at www.sbnonline.com. Richard Franzi is a highly sought-after keynote speaker on topics of interest to CEOs of middle firms across North America. Richard's talks include Killing Cats Leads to Rats, a fascinating look at how unintended consequences of CEOs' decisions impact their firm's performance. Your Gray Matter Matters, which explores how a CEO's mindset can differentiate a middle market firm and define its culture. Richard delivers talks to a variety of audiences, ranging from executive team retreats to keynotes in front of hundreds of CEOs. To learn more about his talks, visit criticalmassforbusiness.com and select the contact page or call 949-887-4104. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Coast to Coast Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Sandra Leibowitz is our second guest here on the program today, and she's the Managing Principal at Sustainable Design and Consulting. Uh, I'd like to let you know that 98% of our audience are CEOs and business owners who listen to learn from the experiences of our guests. If you're interested in reaching these top decision makers, then advertising on the radio show may just be the answer. If you are interested in advertising on Critical Mass Radio Show and uh, would like to talk with our Vice President of Sales, her name is Rose Chamora. And she could be reached at area code 951-515-4661. Let me give this to you again, 951-515-4661. Okay, Sandra, it may be a little bit unfair to ask you about what you're seeing in the area of residential design as it relates to green design and engineering. But I was just curious, uh, can you share any experiences or an update on what's going on on the residential front? Sure. Oh, there's lots going on. And let me also say that while my company primarily consults on what I would call commercial scale buildings, and that's where that kind of zero to two percent cost premium figure comes from, is from that scale of buildings, that includes multifamily residential which can be anything from dorms to uh, senior housing, um, condos, apartments, et cetera. So that's one aspect of housing. And, of course, single-family homes are another aspect. Uh, There is definitely a rise in the new construction and renovation of green homes. Um, There was a statistic just issued uh, last week, so I know it's got to be current, that there are now 150,000 LEED certified, that's the standard that I mentioned earlier, LEED certified homes in the U.S. And that, I believe, includes individual dwelling units within a multifamily structure as well as individual standalone homes. So there are 
many ways, actually many paths for a home, especially new construction, a little bit easier than for renovation, um, to attain a level of green certification simply because there are dozens throughout the country of of region-specific, regional um, green building programs. Portland has one. I'm sure there are several in California. Denver has one, et cetera. And, of course, we have, uh, we have strong presence of that here in Virginia. So that's one way to help either home builders or uh, homeowners doing custom homes, how, whatever the arrangement may be, develop um, sort of a, a benchmark for how they're going to make their home green as compared to a conventional home that's just, let's say, built to code but not necessarily green. So there are a lot of ways to um, – there are a lot of different paths to follow is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and the reason why I asked you that, Sandra, was that the the uh, – the- benefits of lead designed commercial industrial buildings kind of felt so overwhelming i thought well why can't we get those benefits in our home especially for you know families raising children etc if if it's good for the worker it must be great for the family as well to have kind of that thoughtful design put into your homes as well so i'm i'm glad Mm -hmm. absolutely and i myself live in a hundred and eleven year old uh, historic row house here in Richmond, Virginia, that I did uh, get certified by our local program, Earthcraft Virginia, get it certified as a green renovation of a home. Uh, So certainly there are ways you can do that. But even if we leave aside the entire subject of certifications and rating systems and standards, there are simple things you can do as a homeowner or a home builder. You can use Energy Star labeled appliances saving both energy and water. You can uh, use a somewhat better, a more efficient uh, heating and cooling system. Lots of options there. The technology is getting great. Use better windows. Use more insulation in the roof, in the walls, in the crawl space, etc. Depending on your climate, you can save water using lower flow or lower flush plumbing fixtures. Uh, I know that's a very big issue in California, as it should be. So those are some ways that anyone can make green improvements either to their existing home or to a home they're planning to build. Using native landscaping is another idea because it's not all about the building. It's certainly important to consider the site and how runoff may remain on the site uh, instead of running off into the, the sewer system. You know, Sandra, one of the things that I just recently came across are these variable speed furnaces that make a huge difference in your energy consumption when you compare them to the traditional forced air systems that are in so Mm -hmm. many homes. And so I've been just doing some early research about maybe upgrading my furnace to a variable speed furnace. Mm Mm-hmm. Sure, that's that's one idea. And there are service providers specific to homes who can come in and do what's called an audit. Certainly that's a much bigger scale endeavor in a commercial building, say an office building or a school building. We work on all, all kinds of commercial buildings. But for someone's home, you can bring in an energy auditor for the home, and they will come in and look at 
visually inspect the equipment you have, the condition of the insulation, different things that they can see, and they will also do different kinds of testing, the most important one being called a blower door test, which is there to specifically identify where the leaks are and how leaky overall your home is so that they can give you recommendations as the homeowner of low-cost or even no-cost things that you can do uh, to improve especially the energy efficiency, but related to that, the water efficiency and the indoor air quality of your home. I think these are amazing. Uh, I'm glad that it's moving so much more to the mainstream. To me, it seems like only the right way to do it is to build it with these considerations in mind. And, I, and I'm so happy that there are evangelists like you who are <laughs> who are helping us to make this a mainstream, the accepted way, the practical way of constructing and designing buildings in the future and also helping people in their residences. If someone wants to learn more about you and sustainable design consulting, how do they find you online, Sandra? They can find me at www.sustaindesign, all one word, I have to thank you so much for being a friend of the program, giving of your time. You're a part of the critical mass community. I was excited when Joe Carey suggested that you and your firm be a guest, and you've exceeded my expectations. Continued success, Sandra, and thank you for being on our program today. Thank you very much, Rick. It was a pleasure. Have a good day. You too. I'd like to thank our engineer for today, Paul Roberts. Our producer is Crystal Nunley. Exactly. Our social media manager is Melissa Padani. Our marketing strategist is the none other than Asia Celestino. And our VP of Sales is Rose Chamora. For those of you that are listening to us live today, don't miss our final Fridays this month live from Brandman University, where we'll be talking about, is there an ROI on ethics in business? Until our next show, this is your host, Rick Franzi, saying I hope that all of your decisions will move your business in a positive direction. You've been listening to Critical Mass Coast to Coast Radio Show, business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi.